0: Tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about something that I like to call the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Now, it has come to my attention that last week, Pastor Robert talked to you guys about the Holy Spirit, and I have not had a chance to go back and listen to that message. And I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't, because if I did, I would probably be inspired to change my message or alter my message. So that being said, if I talk about something tonight, if something comes out that you heard last week, awesome. God wants you to hear it again, right? Right? There's nothing wrong with reading the same scripture over and over again there's nothing wrong with hearing the same word from the lord because maybe the god of this world is trying to keep something from you but the god most high is trying to get something to you so if something gets repeated then maybe it's important for your life but maybe there's some new stuff maybe there's some new further revelation and i hope and pray that you guys get that tonight say i'm gonna get something from god tonight So the title of my message is, I've got the ghost and the ghost has me. Say, I've got the ghost. Say, the ghost has me. Yeah, I like the word holy ghost. It sounds so much cooler than Holy Spirit. So we're going to be talking about the holy ghost tonight. Amen. So we're going to start over in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, out of the Amplified Classic. It says, if you really love me, you will keep Obey my commands. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives within you constantly and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Let's pray real fast. Father God, I just thank you for this message tonight. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Spirit that lives within us to lead us and guide us in our everyday life, Lord. I pray that as we dig into this Word tonight, as we dig into this message, that you will inspire us and that you will encourage us in our walk with you to better understand how vital and important it is to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we recently started swimming lessons with our three-and-a-half-year-old, and and, uh, he's been doing okay. Uh, He's finally gotten more comfortable being in the water. He does not freak out by getting in the water. But what's really interesting is, you know, I don't remember learning how to swim. I don't remember what it was like. I just feel like one day I just knew, which I know that's not true. I know I had a, a, a swimming lesson at some point or another, but I feel like I just knew one day. But during this lesson, our the son's teacher, I really didn't know, I, call her, I was going to say Emily, but you guys don't know who Emily is. So Emily has got Roman on the side of the pool, and she's playing a game with him called Red Light, Green Light. And he basically, he's sitting there on the side of the pool, and when she says, say, when I say green light, you kick your legs in the water. And when I say red light, I want you to stop. And so she's saying green light, he's like kicking his legs in the water, and she's like, red light. And he's like, ugh. And then he's like waiting for it. She's like, green light. He's like kicking his legs in the water. He's going crazy. And then she says, red light. And he stops. And He's just waiting in anticipation. He's just ready for her to say the direction so he can kick in the water again. And I started thinking about it. It's been reminding me like we used to play games like that all the time, like red light, green light. Uh, we had hot or cold. And then I was like, Simon Says. Simon Says is such a weird game because, you know, no one really knows a Simon. We, we used to have a Simon in here. No one knows Simon, but he's left. So we don't know Simon anymore. But, but, but what I thought we could play, we could play a game called Cody Says, so if you guys would do me a favor, I want you to stand up real fast. We're gonna play a quick, little, a quick little round of Cody Says. Is anyone familiar with the game Cody Says? Has anyone ever played Cody Says? It's like Simon Says, but instead of Simon, it's Cody. I, yeah, some people say Jesus Says. You want, you want me to explain? In case for those who've never played Simon Says, when, I, when Simon Says jump, you're supposed to jump. And then if Cody says jump, you're supposed to jump. So Cody Says jump. Cody says jump. Cody says, sit down. Cody says, sit down. I want you to jump up and talk about something. And everyone that just jumped up and talked about something, you are now out because Cody didn't say to do it. So we're going to play it again really fast. Cody says, do jumping jacks. Cody says, do a squat. Cody says, walk back and forth really fast in place. And then I want you to stop. And all of you that just stopped are now out. All right, you guys get it. You guys have been there, you guys have done You guys can have a seat now. Cody says, take your seat. Cody says, take your seat. If we were to continue in this game, eventually, hopefully there would be only one person left standing that would be the ultimate victor of Cody says. But what we realized from this game that in this situation, there is a person that is the director and then there's people in the room that are receiving the direction, right? But sometimes you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get it on him. I'm going to make sure that I'm quick and I'm crazy. And I'm just going to do the move before he even says it. And you do it on your own instinct before you ever heard the direction actually be said. And because you did it and you didn't actually hear the direction, you've been made out of the game. I know this is silly. It's a a, a silly way to relate it to the Holy Spirit because God is so good and God is so merciful that when He calls us to do something and maybe we miss it or maybe we didn't hear it correctly and we did something on our own or we didn't do it correctly, we get redeemed and we get restored. And God says, don't worry, we're going to reset this all together." But what God is trying to get to you guys tonight is He's saying, I am constantly trying to talk to you. I am constantly trying to communicate to you through the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to do anything out outside of my commands because my commands are best for your life. I don't want you to react on your own instinct. I don't want you to react on what the world tells you you're supposed to do. I want you to act simply on what God tells you to do. And that's what the Holy Spirit is meant to do for us. He is meant to be an ultimate relationship companion for our life. And it says some of the descriptors that he is for us is the comforter the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. Those are awesome definitions of a really good friend. Like if I'm gonna have someone in my life, I want someone that's gonna come for me. I want someone that's gonna strengthen me. I want someone that's gonna fight for me. I want someone that's gonna stand, be on standby for me if I need something, if I get into a bad situation. They're gonna be there when I call for them. That is who the Holy Spirit is for you. And he's always willing to talk to you. He's always trying to talk. He's always trying to help you. But are we listening? Are we obeying? It says over here in John 16, 13 through 15, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is Jesus talking. And it says, all that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said, the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I was reading this today and I just thought it was so crazy and so interesting because it's so wild that the Holy Spirit only tells you things that is from the word of the Lord. He only tells you things that's of the truth. He's only gonna lead you in the things that is of the truth. The word of God is truth, but Jesus is the living word. So when the spirit talks to you, he's like the word of God ministering to you through your soul, through your mind, through all of that is coming out of him directly to you. The word, the truth through a divine connection of the Holy Spirit coming from heaven straight to you. And the reason why that's so interesting because I love how it says this over in Psalms 119, 105, it says your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So Jesus word, his word, the word of the spirit coming into your heart, or your heart is is lighting your path. So when you don't know where you're supposed to go, when you don't know what you're supposed to do, Jesus through his word, through your relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to light your path. Light your direction? light. Your, Am I supposed to go to school? Am I supposed to engage in this relationship? Am I supposed to pick a fight about this? Am I supposed to stand up for this? Am I supposed to call about this? Am I supposed to even be here right now? His word is a lamp unto your path. And how do we know? Maybe maybe, maybe maybe, you're not there yet. Maybe you're like, I haven't dug into the word yet. Well, I highly encourage you that you do because when you start digging into the word of God, you start to become more familiar with his voice because Jesus' voice is the word. He is the word speaking through the Holy Spirit to you. He's constantly trying to talk to us through his word. He's constantly trying to help. He's constantly trying to get things to you. So when you start to familiarize yourself with the word of God, you become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Over in Psalms 119, it says, guide my steps by your word so I'll not be overcome by evil. John 17, 17 says, make them holy by your truth. This is Jesus praying to God, teach them your word, which is truth. He is constantly trying to keep the truth within our heart. He is constantly trying to keep the truth on our radar because there are things in this world that are constantly trying to tell you that this is truth, this is my truth, but it is not the truth. And the Holy Spirit is meant to bear witness to us when things come in conflict with the truth. And that's why Jesus, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, some of the the definitions of him is saying that he's our intercessor. He's the one that's supposed to come against those things that come against the truth. He's supposed to strike a a chord in your spirit when you're like, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't sound right. It's because the word of God does not agree with that. You're beautiful the way you are. You don't need to change anything about yourself. You don't need to, to, to... start calling yourself something that you're not. You don't need to start saying that you're not who God called you to be, that you're not who God created you be because that is not what the Word says. The Word says that you're beautiful in His sight, that you're a masterpiece, that you're created new, that you're wonderful, that you are a child of the Most High. Perfectly fit and able to be used by Him. It says that He's not gonna leave us as orphans, Verse 18, you are a child of God. I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you desolate. I won't leave you helpless. I am coming back to you with the help of the Holy Spirit. He does not abandon us. You're a son and daughter of God. It says over in Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So when you are being led by the spirit of God, you're engaging in that relationship with your creator. Uh, it reminded me of that, that, that portion of scripture when Jesus was teaching one day, and it says over here in Mark 10, uh, verse 13 through 16, it says, one day some of the parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded their parents for bothering. Them. It's like, oh, we don't want all the toys around. There's, there's diapers everywhere. Children are gross. They're loud and obnoxious. Don't go over here. Jesus doesn't want to hang out with them. He's way too cool for kids. So he's like, go back home and give them crackers and stuff over there. And we'll, t- we'll talk grown-up stuff over here. But Jesus said... he he saw what was happening he was angry with his disciples he said to them let the children come to me don't stop them for the kingdom of god belongs to those who are like these children i tell you the truth anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of god like a child will never enter it he took the children in his arms placed his hands on their heads and blessed them this holy spirit relationship is meant to be seen like a mother, daughter, father, son, whatever way you want to work it out to be, parent-child relationship. He says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I'm going to bring you a person. I'm going to bring you a comforter. I'm going to bring you an advocate that is going to give you everything that you need to be successful in this life. And when I see this, and when I think about this, I think about my son, Roman, right now. He's always in this stage right now of like, why? Why is this? Why is that? What is that? What is that? Why is that? And I'm just like, I try to explain, and eventually I get to the place where I'm like, I don't know, buddy. But I bring that out because when he asks me things and I tell him things, he's like, all right, cool, yeah. And I'm just like, all right, yeah, you believe me. He's like, why is the sky blue? I'm just like, because it's a reflection of colors and stuff? I don't know. And he's like, all right, and he just keeps on moving along. He's like, oh, why is there water in the pool? So we can cool ourselves off. He's like, okay, and he just keeps on going. He just takes me at our word because we have this relationship where he's like, dad knows, I don't, that's cool, I'm gonna go play. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we need to be with God, just completely in trust in this relationship with him that when the Holy Spirit talks to us, when the Holy Spirit's trying to get to us, we have to complete trust in that word. We have complete trust when he says, do not go to that house. Do not talk to those people right now. Do not get in that car right now. Why? Because it is not good for your life. It's not like he doesn't want you to go into situations because you know those people are necessarily bad people but you know there's people out there that don't know the holy spirit there are people out there that don't know jesus there are people out there that don't know the word of god they aren't led by the spirit like you are so they're not walking in the kingdom of light yet they are not quite yet sons and daughters of god because they have not given themselves over to jesus But I believe we, us in this room, we are his children. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are called by him. You are walking by the spirit. And if you're not walking by the spirit, I believe that after tonight you will. We've got to engage in this relationship. We've got to be be open and willing to take God at his word every single time. Over in Galatians 5, 16 through 23, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions, but when you are directed by the Spirit, You're not under obligation to the law of Moses. At the beginning of John 14, where it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What he's saying there is, I want you to follow these two new rules, these two new commandments is love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor. And when you do that, you are actually in turn keeping and walking out the law of Moses, because you're not able to really do any of that if you're not truly loving God, and if you're not truly loving people, because that is what the ultimate commandments are that actually allow you to complete all the other ones, but you can only do it through the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Do you guys want me to talk about lustful pleasures? Do you guys know what lustful pleasures are? Do you understand? Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone that living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. See, when we're living out of our own instincts, when we're living out of our own desires, similar to like Simon says or whatever, if we go off of our own mind and our own thought, we might find ourselves getting out of the game. And similarly, kind of a stretch here, but you know what I mean, I'm reaching. But a similar thing is if we go by our own instinct, we go by our own thoughts, we go by our own directive, we might find ourselves following after the spirit of our flesh rather than the spirit of God living out of our fleshly instincts, which cause us to get into sexual immorality, that cause us to, to be envious, to be outburst and angry and to be bitter and to not be fun and to not have a wonderful time, to not be patient, to be ill and to be sad and empty and unfulfilled. But it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So when we follow after the Holy Spirit, we experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I feel like I hear people in the room right now, it's like, well, every day I'm trying to be gentle. I'm trying to have self-control. I'm trying to love. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be kind. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's what you should stop doing. (laughs) And you're like, wait, what? No, I I don't want you to just get up and try to be kind today. I want you to get up and just try to be patient today. I want you to get up and try to follow the Holy Spirit. Because when you follow after the Spirit, that's when you love. That's when you're gentle. That's when you're patient. That's when you have self-control. If you try to be patient, you're not gonna be patient. (laughs) Because you're following after your own thoughts of what it's like to be patient you're falling after your own thinking of what it's like to be loving, your vision of love might not be what God's love looks like. Your vision of self-control might not quite be what God's vision of self-control looks like. We need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. That's cool. You need the Holy Ghost so you can produce his fruit in your life you know, I've always heard it like the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but it's interesting that the Bible actually just says the fruit, (laughs) meaning like this one fruit, it's just the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it's not like one day you're going to wake up and all of a sudden you're going to get the fruit of patience over your life. You're going to one day and get the fruit of self-care. No, you're going to start following after the Spirit and you're going to start getting better at all of them because that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is is, is God and God is love. And so when you're following after the spirit of love, you begin to reflect and bear fruit of love. You see, we as believers, this is is twofold because in this, this scripture at the very beginning, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So what I'm talking about today, you following the Holy Spirit has, has a twofold situation for your life. It is one, to help you and to protect you, make you successful in this life, help you know what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be, where you're not supposed to be. also, it's supposed to help you reflect Jesus to people. Because when you're following after the spirit, when you're following after him, when you're following after his directive, not man's directive, his directive, not your directive, you're able to love God with all your heart and you're able to love your neighbor. Because when you're following after the spirit, this is the fruit that you're gonna bear. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you wanna be successful in your walk with God, it is imperative that you follow the Holy Ghost. It is vital that you follow the Holy Ghost. If you want to truly share the love that you believe that you've received because you have, then you've gotta follow the Holy Spirit. So that way you can be a good example for God. So you can be a loving example, a, a good example, a well-put-together example. And I say well-put-together because, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we don't all have it together. We're not always hitting hundreds all the time, but at the same time, we know that when we fall, we can get back up again because God is good. You know, there's a proverb that says, even the righteous fall seven times. You know what I mean? Like, we still get back up again because of our belief in who God is. So my challenge for you this week is I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and what he's trying to tell you to do. I want you to wake up every morning and I want you to say, God, help me be led by your voice today. Help me understand and know that the Holy Ghost is for me. Say, I've got the ghost. Say, the ghost has me.